Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Barbara Turner, who played basketball at UConn from 2002 to 2006 and won two national championships. She also played in the WNBA and is currently playing overseas in Turkey. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we get started, I have to ask, did your season get cut short due to the coronavirus or were you back in the States before the outbreak happened? Well, I was like, we're, we were heading into our last about four regular season games and then we were getting ready to start playoffs. So as it got worse, I got more nervous and I spoke with my team and I was like, if I'm going to have to be on lockdown, I would rather be on lockdown in my, in my country and at home. Mm-hmm. So before they started shutting down the borders for travel and all that stuff, I left. That's good. I'm glad you got home safe. Yep. Did they even finish we, the league? No, they did not. So they were in limbo about uh, playing games. We played one game with no fans. They figured out that it still wasn't safe because this was the beginning of the spread mm-hmm. um, throughout Europe and America. So they eventually suspended the games and were like, well, we probably will come back in a month. And then after that, they figured everybody had left and went back to their home country. So they finally decided to go ahead and completely cancel it. Gotcha. Well, again, glad you got home safe. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a must. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So you grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I have to amend, imagine you're a LeBron fan. I'm a huge LeBron fan. We're the same age, actually. Oh, nice. So we were in high school. We were, you know, coming up in the rankings on the, the, men, the men and women's side or girls and boys' side at the same time. So it was kind of cool in the, in the state of Ohio and, and, and around Cleveland and Akron because a, lot, a couple times we had doubleheaders. So you, you could catch my game first, and then you could catch him play after me. Wow, that's amazing. Did you know him personally? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know each other from basketball. You say hi, you, you know, kind of break, you know, chop it up or whatever. But I'm actually closer and no more his uh, teammate, his high school teammate, mm-hmm. uh, Romeo Travis, Juice Joyce, and those guys. But, you know, when me and Brian see each other, it's always love. It's always, you know, we'll hold a conversation and things like that. That's awesome. I'm not the type to be like, oh, no, LeBron James, I'm not going to scream it out. But, <laughs> you know, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely acknowledge each other. And, you know, of course, I acknowledge all of the amazing things that he's done in his career and for the city of Akron and for the city of Cleveland as well. So, you know, there's always that respect there for him. But, when we see each other, it's always love. It's always, you know, catching up and saying, how you doing, those type of things. Nice. And, you know, as much good as he's done on the court, as you mentioned with what he's done in Akron, he's done even more off the court. Yes, for sure. For sure, for sure. He's, uh, he's in that elitist of uh, athletes, of, of great athletes um, who have made an impact uh, off the court as well. And um, I have deep admiration for all that he does and, how he always takes the opportunity to speak up and use his platform. And he's not afraid of losing anything. He's not afraid of backlash or anything like that. So, you know, I, I hold a tremendous amount of respect for him just for that alone. Yeah, I do as well. So are you from a big family or are you from a small family? I'm the youngest of six. Oh, wow. So big family. <laughs> yeah, a big family, yeah. Wow. So. 
four girls and two boys. Wow, My nice. My mom had four boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now, did you get into yeah. basketball through your siblings? Uh, yeah, through my brother that's closest in age with me. He's the second youngest. Um, him and my sister that's closest in age with me, too. She was actually the one that took me to my first uh, organized team at a recreation center not far from where we lived at the time. But um, my inspiration and why I love it and why I became so passionate about it, I would probably say it's because of my grandmother. She oh, was yeah? just so into sports. And, uh, you know, I had a very close relationship. I have a very close relationship with my grandmother. She's been a very integral part of my career. She's been the, the fuel of my fire. Uh, she's the reason why I've always played with the passion that I have because just watching her watch sports and how she reacted to it, you know, it kind of inspired me and wanted me to have that feeling of her watching me do it and, and have that passion behind watching me. So um, as I kept evolving and got older in my career, I just, you know, always wanted to do things to make her proud. And um, she's just, she's still been that, that fuel to my fire to this day. And this is going on year 15 pro for me now. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm sure you've made her very proud. We're going to get into it, but your career has been phenomenal. For sure, for sure. <laughs> she's always Did... proud. She's proud no matter what, but she's always especially proud because she knows that, you know, that's my story. That's who I, I, I do it for. And that's what I, that's who's been behind everything for me. Nice. Did you play any other sports growing up too? I played everything growing up. I was a little tomboy, of course. Um, I did the flag football thing. I did softball. Um, I did volleyball. I ran track. Uh, and a lot of people tell me that I probably should have taken track serious because I was actually a, a good track athlete. But those things come from my mom because my mom was a great track athlete as well. And um, I just basketball just stuck for me. It just it just became my thing. It became like what I loved. It became like. <laughs> what I did every day, because initially it wasn't like that. So, you know, once I started to get better at it, I guess it started to uh, get more notoriety and, and see that I had an opportunity to become a professional. I just, you know, kind of dove into it head first. Yeah, you go to East Technical High School in Cleveland where you have a great four-year career uh, in basketball. Did you run track in high school too, or did you give that up before high school? My freshman year, I did I did a couple of city events, and I, the real issue with track for me is I didn't like the practice. I was a sprinter, so I would do the 100 and the 200, and I would do some high jump, but I didn't like the fact that you had to run, you know, 400, 300s, and all that to get you <laughs> stronger to run the 200 and the 100. And I didn't have anybody that really pushed it for me because I, they knew how good I was at basketball, but... If I had somebody push me toward it, then I probably would have been, you know, had a chance to be really good, possibly an Olympian in track as well. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, to think how good you've been in basketball, to think you could also have done it at another sport, it's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, it is wild. It is. It is. I think about it often. I mean, even over the past, I would say this is about five years ago, because my trainer now, he's a track and football guy. And uh, he was like, man, I wish I had you when you were young. Because we do a lot of track workouts while we're like 200s, 150s. And he's like, man, you're just naturally gifted at track. Like, did you ever think about taking it serious? 
And I was like, no, but then I was running 200s and my times were really low <laughs> uh, for me not to ever have even practice form or anything. And I was coming from a stand-up start. So I thought about it, but then I was like, eh, no, I'm going to just stick with basketball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you're never too old to get into something and the Olympics have been pushed back. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see you in the 2021 Olympics. <laughs> That's a lot of commitment. No, it's, it's <laughs> girls that have studied their whole life. I wouldn't disrespect their sport like that. Yeah. I know how it is as an athlete. I know how much time they put in their whole life, so I wouldn't even pretend like that's what I'm trying to do right now at this point. <laughs> if I did it, it would, just, it would just be to see how far I can take myself. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Olympians were crazy hard. Crazy. Crazy. I already know. Crazy. At East Tech, you're a two-time high school All-American. You also win the Gatorade Player of the Year for, for Ohio in 2002. You're also Miss Ohio basketball. And you're a McDonald's All-American. Did you play in the McDonald's mm-hmm. game? Yeah, I was actually in an inaugural McDonald's All-American game. So the very first one for women ever wow. in 2002 it was in New York City at Madison Square Garden, uh, which was a heck of an event, and it was like, you know, it was one of those things that is on my forever memory list in, in my in my career. And, um, you know, I, and when people ask, you know, did I play in it, and I tell them I was in the inaugural, and it kind of like throws them off because a lot of people doesn't realize that there wasn't a McDonald's game until 2002. Yeah, how wild is that to think about? Very wild. <laughs> <laughs> Your senior year, you led East Tech to a state championship where you actually scored 30 points in that game. I'm sure your grandmother was there rooting hard. Oh, yeah, she was there going crazy. <laughs> um, I kind of remember that game like it was yesterday. You know, it's a lot of things that, you know, as you get older, they kind of go out of your memory bank because it's, you've had so many things, so many events take place mm-hmm. since then, which has almost, almost been about 20 years, which is scary. But it's almost been 20 years since that happened. But I just remember thinking, uh, you know, the first three years I tried to get our team to the state championship, and I fell short twice in the uh, semifinals and then once in the regional finals my freshman year. So I wasn't going to be denied. Like, I just had the mindset and the mental fortitude of getting it done because it would have been the first one ever for a Cleveland public school in, in women's basketball. And I wanted to make history, and I wanted to be in the history books forever. So, you know, I just had this goal and this, this fire about myself that I was going to get it done. And, and I ended up doing it. And it's something that another thing in my career that I'll never forget. Because the city the city still, you know, holds me on their shoulders because of it. Like, I still get a lot of love and respect in the city of Cleveland because, because I decided to stay with a city school especially in the, with the location of where East Tech is in Cleveland. Um, it's in probably the roughest, uh, poorest area in Cleveland. But because I decided to just stay and go to school there and do it for that city and, and uplift the city at that time, it, it holds a great amount of respect for people at home. I still get messages to this day like, you know, you don't understand what you did for our area, for the city of Cleveland, you know, things like that. Wow, that's amazing. And it definitely does mean more when you do it in your hometown. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. You go out a champ. I have to imagine you played AAU as well. Yeah, I played AAU with a team out of Columbus called All Ohio, actually. And we were a Nike team. 
my last two years of AAU. My first year, we wasn't a Nike team, but my last two years of AAU, we were a Nike team. And um, that was the biggest platform. I wanted to get a college scholarship playing basketball in, in Ohio. All Ohio was the best. Them and the Dayton Lady Hoopsters at the time, they were the best. So, you know, obviously being uh, arguably the best player at the time in Ohio, I wanted to play for the best team. Yeah, makes sense. So what was that recruiting process like for you? Mm, it was a lot. I mean, initially, I was kind of under the radar because I played up. I played for an older uh, team. I was I was younger, so a lot of people didn't really know who I was. I came off the bench and stuff like that. But as we got more into our season, uh, going into my sophomore year of high school, people started to notice me more because I was, you know, obviously I was doing more and playing well. And uh, recruiting kind of took off from there. And I just remember um, I have a picture, my sister picture still of all of the recruiting letters that I got uh, when I was coming out. And uh, it was overwhelming to say the least. And uh, it was a lot of phone bills, high phone bills being paid. (laughs) (laughs) Cell phones weren't popular and unlimited plans weren't popular at the time. And what schools were you seriously considering? I mean, my dream school coming out was North Carolina, if I had to be honest. Like, I would go to Carolina. I had Carolina everything. I had Carolina, all of the Jordans. I had the warm-up. I had the the basketball shorts, the jerseys, the Ed Coda jersey, because Ed Coda was at Carolina back then. Um, I was a huge Nikki Teasley fan. Like, you can't imagine. I I got to see her play my freshman year in um, high school, and I was, like, just in awe of her. Like, man, I want to play there and play just like her. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that that just developed my love when I saw them play. And uh, it was actually a 14 tournament where I think they played against Tennessee and then Purdue played Kansas. And that year is the year Purdue won a national championship for women's basketball. But, um, yeah, I, I really was a huge, huge Carolina fan. But, you know, as recruiting goes along, you know, you start to notice who's on TV, who's like the popular team, who has a lot of talent, and who wins. And when I was coming out of high school, I cared about winning. (laughs) Like, I didn't care about individual accolades or anything like that because I was already experiencing that as a high school player, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to challenge you. I want to go somewhere and compete on the national stage and and fight to be a national champion. And as as that came along, you know, that's when, uh, simultaneously, that's when you kind of answered the picture. Wow. Now, did you get recruited by any of the other schools that are on TV, like Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee came in late. Tennessee came in late. Tennessee came in late. Um, you know, but they had a lot of players that were uh, multidimensional like myself at the time. Uh, that they were recruiting that was, you know, very high on their list, and I feel like they didn't want to recruit over them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't hear from Pat until uh, probably, like, well into my junior year of high school, probably more going into my senior year. Got it. So you choose UConn. How did you like the campus when you visited? I thought it was beautiful. You know, it's very green up north. It's very green. <laughs> Um, I thought it was in the middle of nowhere. It was, to me at the time, quote unquote, country because I was coming from the city of Cleveland. But, um, you know, it was a different look for me. It was very raw. You know, it was a different look for me. It was something that I needed to um, 
kind of show me how to grow up and, uh, you know, kind of be on my own uh, all together. And, um, you know, obviously I was more focused on the basketball side of it and being being a champion and being a great basketball player. So I didn't care what the campus looked like, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want it to be a complete dump, but obviously it isn't. So you get to campus in the summer of 2002. UConn had just won a national championship, but they lost several players due to graduation, including Swin Cash, Sue Bird, and Asia Jones. So minutes are available. How was that transition mm-hmm. for you from high school to college basketball? Well, for me, it was, uh, I, I would say it was a shock, so to speak, because I came in as a highly recruited uh, player. Uh, probably one of the top, arguably the top recruit. Mm-hmm. So I thought everything was going to be a smooth transition. I thought it would be easy. I thought it would be, you know, I'm going to be the best player when I step on campus, you know, <laughs> all that. I all those thought processes going in my mind. And then we had that first workout. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, this is serious business. Like, I, I have to do something a little different than what I've been doing because this is going to be a lot harder transition than I thought. But my mindset was still that I don't care who was there before me. I don't care who, how good they were. We're still going to compete to win a national championship because that's why I came here. So we had a banquet uh, before the season started, some type of uh, celebration for them winning the national championship or something like that, like a preseason preview, something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the name of the banquet was, but it was with uh, some of the fans, boosters, you know, the current players, blah, blah, blah. And one of the uh, fans asked, because it was a Q&A for Gino and the coaching staff, and one of the fans asked, how are you going to top going 39-0? and 0? And before any of the coaches answered, I was sitting in the front row right by the coaches, and I was like, play 40 games. <laughs> I love that. So he, so he laughed, and he was like, ha-ha, this little knucklehead freshman. Like, she thinks she knows everything. She thinks she knows she's good, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, lo and behold, fast forward, we go 37-1. and 1. So I wasn't too far off. Right? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we lost the one game of the Big East tournament, and I don't want to talk about why. It was, it was a big mess. Oh, gosh. But um, we ended up winning 37 games out of 38. So I wasn't too cocky and too off base with what I thought. <laughs> yeah, not bad. And you're not going to like this, but that one game you lost was to Villanova. And my dad is a Villanova uh-huh. alumni. And he, he, he goes to a lot of the women's uh-huh. basketball games. So, you know, I, I had uh-huh. to say it. He would, he would be you know unhappy what? with I me actually, if I didn't. <laughs> no, I actually did mind losing that Villanova game because I feel like that's the reason we won the national championship. Because at the time, we were on the roll, and it kind of it kind of humbled us. Like, it kind of made us slow down and be like, look, you can lose on any given night. And this was heading into the NCAA tournament, and this was the game that uh, it determined, because I wasn't in the starting lineup before this consistently. I think I might have started a few games my freshman mm-hmm. year, but not consistently, and not a lot. But it was the game that Gino was like, okay, I'm going to, after that game, I'm going to put you in the starting lineup, be ready. You know, you need to step up and be ready as a freshman. And it kind of gave me that it flipped the switch on for me at that moment to, like, step in the moment and be what I thought I could be before I came to Connecticut. So it kind of had a blessing in disguise type of feeling. So I wasn't – I'm not too bitter about losing to Villanova at all, actually. That's good. I mean, hey, the most important thing is you win the last game of the season, the national championship, right? Exactly. (laughs) 
And to be honest, it's it's pretty surprising how good you guys were that year because of the people I mentioned that you lose to graduation. You as a freshman, as well as Ann Strother as a freshman, really had to step up and play big minutes. Oh, yeah, we did as well as Will that Crockett. Nicole mm-hmm. Wolf, I, if we would have had her, we would have been even better because she wasn't able to get healthy throughout her career. But yeah. she was a very, very, very talented player as well. So we had a great class. Uh, it was just a matter of we went through some up and down health-wise, because even I did too my junior year. But uh, had we had her, man, I, we, we might have went on a run and went it for ourselves. Uh, you know, contrary to what some may believe or whatever, if we were able to stay healthy, all of us, we, I think we had a chance to compete to win for four years as well. Brianna Stewart might not like to hear that. <laughs> hey, I, nah, Brianna Stewart, she was, she, she knows what she knows what it feels like to have that feeling of being at Connecticut, yeah, and, and wanting to score and, and going out and competing to do it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You play and beat rival Tennessee in that national championship. Can you talk about that rivalry? Um. Uh... So I'm actually friends with a few of the girls now. Frankly <laughs> <laughs> enough, and we're still friends to this day. But uh, that rivalry was intense. And you kind of, it's kind of created already. Like the environment of the game creates it. So without you even knowing who is wearing that Tennessee uniform, you develop this, this sort of competitive hate for them. It's like, I want to go out and kill them every time we play them, you know. The environment creates it. You know, the, the Geno and Pat rivalry, um, RIP the Pat Summit, mm-hmm. but their rivalry, it, it creates it. And then once you step on the floor of the fans, it's like the energy of the game is like, all right, we're really going to war right now, you know. And um, those are the battles that I, I love playing in in college. And, and we, we had that battle with Duke as well um, and Carolina to an extent too. Um, those were the battles you kind of like, you, re- you relish in the moment, like, man, this is like, this is intense. This is like, we're going to war for, for 40 minutes. Or if they went to overtime a few times, so 45 minutes. And I bet you couldn't imagine at the time that you were playing in those games that you'd be friends with them 15 years later. I could not imagine that. <laughs> I was friends, I was actually teammates with uh, Ashley Robinson in Seattle, my rookie season. Oh, nice. And you know, for, when we first saw each other, it was kind of like, Ugh, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but then we ended up being the closest on the team. It was so funny, you know, like we ended up being really, really close. Because That's like awesome. I said, that, that, that rivalry and that environment, it just makes you do that way. But once you get to know each other, obviously it's not like that. Yeah. And, you know, bottom line, the players have respect for each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You have a high level of respect for each other. You make the Big East all-freshman team, which is a great accomplishment because the old Big East was such a talented conference. Are you excited? Ooh, it, was talented. it was, right? But are you excited yeah. that UConn's going back to the Big East? I know it's technically not the same. I mean, you know what? I don't feel any way at all, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just, I, I just always try to watch and pay attention to how they do throughout the season with their uh, – out-of-conference teams and how they play against those guys. But um, the Big East, it, it was definitely something special because every year we had six to eight teams in the NCAA tournament, and it was like a bragging rights thing. Like, yeah, we're playing in the toughest conference, so we're, we know we're ready to compete on the national championship stage, you know. So I know they're excited, probably more than I am, to get back to that level of competition to where they have to compete 
against high, high-level teams every night. You know, no discredit to anybody else in their current conference or the conference that they were in, but the Big East is just something different. Yeah, for sure. And now, overall, how did you like playing for Coach Gino Ariema? <laughs> you know, I get this question a lot. <laughs> I and bet. And I, 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 I have a it's – a, um, it's a hard question for me to answer at this age, you know, because – Obviously, you always want to approach it with the politically correct way. You know, it was great, it was this, it was that. But me being the age that I am now, really evaluating what I went through at, in college and at Connecticut, it was uh, very, very challenging. It was very demanding. It was, at times, it was too much pressure, if I'm being all the way honest. Mm-hmm. At times, it was too overwhelming. At times, it was too demanding. Um, but I think that's what builds the character for you later when you leave a situation like that. Um, you know, I don't have to go into details of any of my particular experiences there, but there were times where, you know, I would be lock myself in the room and I want to leave the room because it was just that hard, Yeah. you know, or it was just that much stress or it was just that much pressure. And that's the reality of being in a school in a big time school like that, that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to say because you don't want to seem like, you know, you, you're saying bad things about Dino or about the university or anything like that, but that's the reality of it. You know, that's the reality of going to the University of Connecticut and playing at that level. I'm sure it's the same for on the guys' level at a Duke or at a Carolina, you know. Absolutely. So uh, if I had to be completely honest, it was a lot of things. It was a lot of negative things. It was a lot of positive things, but – um, overall, I'm, I'm happy that I went through it. I'm happy that I experienced all the things that I experienced there. And I, I can honestly say that I wouldn't be the woman I am today and I wouldn't be able to handle professional life and real life the way I handle it today had I not went through the things I went through at Connecticut. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, you know, being very honest about that. And, you know, when we watch on TV, we're watching the, these college basketball games, sometimes we don't we forget how much pressure these kids are under. I mean, at UConn, you're expected to be undefeated. You're expected to, you know, break all these records, go 90 and 0 for three years in a row. It's crazy because these kids are really 18 to 22 years old. Yep. Yep. It's very crazy. And then on top of that, you're, you know, we, we have the, the name UConn written on the front of our jersey and no name on the back. Mm-hmm. So you're literally – always represent the University of Connecticut. So on top of us having to excel as basketball players and as student-athletes, we have to act and carry ourselves a certain way off the court. So we can't make typical college kids mistakes. We can't, uh, you know, do little things that, you know, you kind of go through in the growing up phase of college that the typical college kid can do. Now, not to say that, you know, I didn't make any mistakes in college. I made a lot of mistakes in college. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was nothing ever normal for us because we always had to be more grown up or carry ourselves a certain way more than the average college kid would have to, you know. Absolutely. So it was was a lot. Yeah, (laughs) it it is a lot. lot It was a lot. And you're at an age where you're going to make mistakes. So, yeah, I can totally oh, yeah. see that. For sure. For sure. For sure. 
And then, you know, it, it's the factor of uh, my environment growing up and things like that. It was a lot of, it was a learning curve for me mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm going from a kid from the city of Cleveland to rural Connecticut, basically, you know. That's yeah. also a culture stop for me as well. So it was everything was a, a huge adjustment, and I'm not gonna lie. After my freshman year, I didn't think I would make it all four years because I was just like, "This is overwhelming." Nobody, I, I couldn't express that. Nobody ever knew except my college roommate Will Net, who I'm still really close with to this day. But it was a struggle every year of getting through the pressures and the demands and everything that's expected of you from Geno, from the university, everything. Mm-hmm. all together yeah wow again i appreciate you being honest about that oh yeah for sure and honestly i think just hearing that the sports news when uconn loses a game they shouldn't be the headline of everything you know it, it puts more pressure on the kids oh yeah for sure for sure but i mean that's what you sign up for too don't mm-hmm. get me wrong it's not like i'm not saying it's like i need sympathy you know i'm saying this as if this is the reality of it you know, like this is what you're going to deal with when you sign up to go to University of Connecticut. It all looks like glitz and glamour. It all looks cool because it's always on TV and it's promoted and, you know, it is UConn. But the reality of behind the scenes of UConn, this is what it is, you know. But I'm yeah. not saying it to say like, oh, you should feel sorry for those girls. No, no, no. When you decide to go to Connecticut, you need to know this is what you're going to deal with, you know. I- didn't understand it, but once I was in it, it was like, okay, this is what I need to grow up and deal with, you know? Yeah, yeah, we see the wins on TV, but we don't see what's going on in practice and behind the scenes. I totally get what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. Your sophomore year in 2004, it's a little bit of a struggle in in terms of UConn standards, as we're talking about, because you lose four games, which most programs would be that's a great season you lose to duke notre dame bc and villanova how how hard was it going through those losses um it was hard because again i mean you got to think let's see 39 and oh 37 and one how many games was that one? Oh wow you're about- putting me on the spot with some 76, math <laughs> 76 games one 76 and one so Something like that, you yeah. You go from that and you lose four games and it's like, well, what are you guys doing? You suck. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And it really, in reality, it's four games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people lose that many games in a row. You know, like, we were like, this is a down year because we lost four games and won a national championship. I tell people that all the time. It's crazy. I know. And I mean, um, you lost to good teams. Yeah, and we lost to very good teams. And, you know, our, our schedule was harder that year. Everything just, you know, it was harder. For sure. Notre Dame was better that year. Like, they, they got some recruits and they were better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Muffet is who she is. She's an amazing coach and, you know, all of those things. So it just wasn't easy, you know. And um, But still, all of those losses, I would say, during that season, it built everything up for us to be ready to go and win a national championship, you know. Absolutely. You guys weren't the favorite to win that title that year. And I think Diana Tarazi was dealing with, with some injuries that year too, right? Her and I as well. But, you know, it, it, the, the biggest thing, the biggest picture is going to be her. She did have a, a major back injury that year that she was playing through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I witnessed her courage uh, that year because 
you know, it would be some games where she would be in excruciating pain after where she struggled to stand up or walk and things like that. So she was definitely special in that regard because she knew how to push herself and her body to limits that a lot of people couldn't do. And um, I'll always hold a certain amount of respect for her just because of that um, alone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that year was, uh, it was, it was like, it was up and down. In my four years there, we were never favored to win a national championship. Let me put that out there and make that very clear. Wow, my yeah, you're right. Year, well, my freshman year, we graduated everybody. My sophomore year, even though we won, it was like the freshman year was a fluke. They got lucky. So, you know, and then my junior year, we lost Diana. So we were like supposed to be complete trash because we lost her because according to everybody else on the outside, we only won because of her. And then my senior year, it was like, all right, they don't have anybody at all again, and they're going to be really bad again, you know. Mm-hmm. So in my four years, we were never favored to win that championship. <laughs> <laughs> but you get there again. You play Tennessee again, and you win again. So I have to ask, yep. which was your favorite championship, 2003 or 2004? Uh, I would say 2004. Uh Probably because it was in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to, you know, kind of get out and interact after we won. Um, I, would, I would say New Orleans, too, because the men won it that year, too, and we were really close with the men's team. Oh, yeah, that's so right. We, yeah, so when we got back to campus, we were able to celebrate together, and we were the first men and women's team to win together like that. So it was really, really huge. And... um I guess just because I was older and all of the things that I did individually leading up to help us win a national championship, uh, my senior year is very memorable for me. So I would probably say my, my sophomore year. My, my freshman year was just, it was a blur. It was just hard. It was just, it was a lot of things. So <laughs> I like to tend to kind of like try to sweep that freshman year under the rug because it was just that rough for me. So I would probably say my sophomore year for sure was, was my favorite one. Nice. And, you know, I think they're re-airing that game this week or next week, either on ESPNU or ESPN2. Oh, that's cool. I'll be sure to tune in. Yeah, you should. For sure, for sure. Your junior year, as you said, Diana Taurasi isn't there anymore. So you're now one of the Mm -hmm. upperclassmen along with everyone else in your recruiting class. And it's your Mm -hmm. team in a way. And what a lot of people Mm -hmm. probably don't know is that you didn't win the Big East tournament until your junior year in 2005. Yep. Yep. A lot of people don't know that. But um, my junior year still, it was rough. I was injured my whole junior year. I was playing with, um, I, I had issues with stress fractures throughout my first three years in college. Um, I actually had surgery my, my freshman year. And um, so heading into my junior year, it started to like ramp up on me and get worse. Tried to get healthy through the season and play through it. I probably should have redshirted, but I was like, you know, I, I think I can do it. I can play through it. And I did. And that was the result. <laughs> <laughs> my junior year it was just a subpar season all around yeah I mean it, you guys make it to the sweet 16 which UConn standards isn't great a lot of other teams would cheer about that but I have to imagine that Big East tournament championship game is something that you remember oh yeah for sure for sure for sure um, you don't forget any type of championship let me just put it that way and <laughs> 
to be able to have a big a big impact like that for us to go and win it, it was like it was huge. It was it was a great feeling. It was kind of like you know, like a monkey off your back where, you know, you were in a lead role and you were a part of the, a big part of the reason why y'all went out and won it, you know. For sure. Yeah, you were playing really <laughs> well in the first half, but then you actually had to come out because you had a knee injury. What was the extent of that injury? Uh, I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> I thought I thought I got hit in the head that game. I think you did too, yeah. Second half. <laughs> yeah, I elbowed in the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wasn't they weren't sure if it was a concussion or not or anything, so they did all the tests. And then I ended up coming back or I may not have come back that game. But I remember I got hit in the head that game. Yeah, that was a rough yeah. game for you in terms of injuries, but you helped yeah. UConn get the win yeah. and you were named the tournament MVP. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? Crazy and awesome at the same time. Yeah, for sure. It brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> a lot of good memories, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. And as I just said, you guys lose the Sweet 16 to a good team in Stanford. They're a great program. That had to be hard, though, uh, after all you knew at that point was getting to the Final Four and winning it. Well, you know what? We have been through so much that junior season. It was kind of like the icing on the cake type of loss for us because it was like a game that we could have won. We missed everything. Everything that could have possibly went wrong went wrong, and we were still in the game to win it for a long period, mm-hmm. you know. And then that was the game where we all in our mind thought, okay, if we win this game, the next game is going to be tough in the Elite Eight, but we can get to the Final Four. If we get to the Final Four, we know how to win in the Final Four, you know. So we were only thinking about that. Like, we got to survive to get to the Final Four. And then we played that Stanford game and everything went wrong. Like, literally. We just, it was like, you know, snowball effect, sort of. Yeah, it's a tough game. Yeah, for sure. You come back for your senior year, 2006. And Gino Oriama challenges your group, doesn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Uh, he challenged us from the day we got there, but he really challenged us my senior season, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you win the Beast Tournament Championship again. You get a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, and you have a wild game in the Sweet 16 against Georgia. This time you win in the six- Sweet 16. You score 31 mm. points and hit a three-pointer with a little less than two seconds left to give UConn the 77-75 win. Take me through that moment. So, <laughs> so in my senior year, this was kind of like, it was a lot going on for me at once because uh, going into that year, obviously I was thinking about being a WNBA player and a professional basketball player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whereas the other three years prior to that, it was just, you know, focus on win, 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 win. So I was thinking going into the tournament in general, I have to really do a lot to help people understand that I could play at the next level because I I didn't have a position. I was an undersized four. It was too many question marks of what I could do individually as a basketball player. So I set out a goal to be the best player in the NCAA tournament in that, at that time. And, um, in the Georgia game, you know, the two games prior to that, I had played really well. I had great numbers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, now is the moment to, that you can solidify yourself as 
a professional basketball player. If you step up in this moment in the Sweet 16 and lead your team to the Elite Eight and help lead your team to the Elite Eight, you got a chance to be a pro. So we go through the games back and forth, back and forth. Georgia had a great team, by the way. They were amazing. And um, it's back and forth, back and forth. And um, it's like, all right, now it's time to win the game. And we actually drew up a play. And in my mind, I was like, I'm so hot right now that I don't care what the play is. If I get it, if I get an opportunity to get it, I'm going to shoot and I'm going to score. Like this is, and this is probably the first time I've ever been like this in my career, you know, where I was like, I'm going to get it and I'm going to score. This is going to be me, you know. Yeah, I like that mindset. And we drew up the play and I saw they shifted, the zone shifted to one side and I'll, you can see it on the video. I'm like screaming for the ball. They skip it over. I think Ann skipped it over to me. And she was actually open in the corner because somebody from the below the zone chased me and then they dropped. But I was just like, this shot's going up. doesn't even matter I can deal with the consequences of it you know like I I can live with it because I have felt like I had played myself into having that moment having that opportunity you know up until that point and the ball left my hands and yeah the rest is history (laughs) yeah great moment great shot (laughs) probably one of the best moments in my career yeah for sure top three for sure top four for sure yeah, it's got to be. I mean, a game winner, it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. So you guys play in the Elite Eight. I actually believe you guys were playing in Connecticut. I think it was Bridgeport. Yeah, it was Bridgeport, uh-huh. You faced one-seeded Duke, who had a great team that year with Mo Curry, Ali Bales, and Lindsey Harding. It's really a back-and-forth game. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. Yep, they have Misty Bass as well. Yeah, she's she good. They, they they was loaded. They had a nice team. It was very back and forth, but I think I I used all my gas between the Georgia game and this game, the first four quarters, because we got the overtime and my body just crashed. I'll never forget that feeling. Oh, God, yeah, that had to be awful because you were playing another yeah. monster game. You had a double-double with 19 points, yeah. 12 rebounds. But as you mentioned, it goes into overtime. And you, you start cramping. Yeah. Whole body locked up. Uh, I can't like, imagine. I could have played through a calf cramp or something. It was my entire body. Like, couldn't move. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you hate to see that because that often happens when a player yeah. is working so hard and you just hate to see that happen. Yeah. And then I ended up cramping throughout the night of after that game, too. So it was like, it was real. Like, so I needed a lot of flu. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Duke ends up winning by two. How hard mm-hmm. is it to end your career on the bench like that after such a great career? Very hard because we had another game winning opportunity. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, again, if, if I'm there, I'm going to take it. You know, I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to take it to go to overtime. We had an opportunity to win. Like, Yeah. Ended up missing. I, mean, so I think it was like a little layup or a little 10-footer, like a short shot um, on the block or whatever. And, and no discredit to uh, my teammate. I believe it was Charday who missed. No discredit to her. She got a great look. It was just, you know, she just missed it. And she was mm-hmm. a freshman. It was a lot going on for her, too. Yeah. But um, so it's one of those moments you wish you can take it back or play it over again and, and have the opportunity yourself, you know. Yeah. Ugh. And I actually, I remember watching that game because, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm from the north, Northeast. Uh, 
I'll watch UConn games, but I was the biggest Abby Wayner fan. So mm-hmm. I, I hate to tell you I was rooting for Duke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope no. you don't hang up. <laughs> yeah, I don't have those same feelings about Duke. <laughs> <laughs> so you end your career with over 1,600 points and over 700 rebounds. Really incredible. Mm-hmm. You get yep. picked. You get picked 11th in the 2006 WNBA draft by the Seattle Storm. Uh-huh. So you play a season with the Storm, then you play a season with the Houston Comets in 2007, and played with the Connecticut Sun in 2008. So overall, how was your experience uh-huh. with the WNBA? My experience was great. Um, there were some things that, from a learning perspective and business-wise that I would have done differently that probably would have prolonged my career if I had to be honest with myself. But I never take back anything or have any regrets about any, anything that has happened for me because I feel like everything has happened for a reason. And mm-hmm. um, after my last stint in Connecticut, because I played a year and a half in Connecticut, after that, I just... Um, I had gotten a passport from Turkey. Um, I got dual, dual citizenship. And I just started to focus my attention on being great in Europe. And I was happy with that. You know, it was it was my calling, I guess, so to speak, um, based on the way things went for me in the WNBA. Um, I've had success against a lot of WNBA players over there. I've met and played with a lot of great WNBA players over there. So, um, the WNBA, I would say, was it was a great stepping stone for me to help me understand what my career path would be in basketball. And here I am on year 15 and still very healthy in year 15. So um, I just feel like things happen for a reason. I don't know that if I would continue to do both that I would have gotten this quality of 15 years of my career in. Yeah, that's probably true. It's hard to go back and forth so much. And Europe Absolutely. has great basketball. Absolutely, and I'm in the best country in Turkey. That's the awesome. Best country. Yeah. Yeah, you've had you've had a, a very long career overseas. Has it primarily been in Turkey, or have you moved around a bit? Only in Turkey. I, wow. I initially started in Israel. I was there for three months, and then I moved to Turkey after that, and I was there. I played a short stint in Croatia, probably for like a month month and a half something like that mm-hmm. but all of my career has pretty much just been turkey it's 15 years this is, this is gonna be 15 years this year that's awesome how do you like living in turkey uh, i like it a lot so i know the language fluently well, oh amazing 90 percent fluently <laughs> and um i've pretty much played in every city and lived in every city there with all the teams so i've adapted to the culture really well and it's it's been an easy transition for me. And, um, you know, so it's like kind of going to a second home now at this point. That's awesome. Now, do you plan on going back and playing again in, I guess, 2021 or whenever the season starts again? Yeah, I have another. So I signed another year with the team that I was previously on last year. Um, and then after this, this year, this contract is up, I'm just going to go year by year. But, here soon, I do want to get into coaching and, um, you know, kind of shift my shift my attention toward that. I've had some experience. I've had the opportunity to um, be close friends with and mentor uh, Megan Walker, actually. Oh, wow. Just came out of- 
So, you know, I've been kind of like trying to shift my attention toward um, getting in that, that field of coaching and, you know, just um, working on that. Nice. Now, how did you and Megan connect, aside from the UConn thing, obviously? I, I met Megan her, I met Megan her sophomore year, going into her junior year of high school. She came down here to work out with Lucas in the summertime. Her parents brought her down or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I've been working out with Lucas since high school, John Lucas since high school. So I was in the gym working out. We started playing one-on-ones against each other and working out, and I was kind of giving her some pointers and stuff like that. And then we just got really close. That's awesome. Yeah, she just got drafted into the WNBA. She did. She did. I'm so excited for her and so proud of her. Just, I can't wait to see um, how good she's going to be on the pro level. Yeah, I mean, she's a great on the college level, so I'm sure she'll do well oh, yeah, in the pros sure. as well. For sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you think you'll want to coach back in the U.S., or would you coach in Turkey, or are you open to doing either? Uh, I want to coach in the U.S. Home is home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not opposed to coaching in Europe, but home is home. I would prefer to coach here in the yeah. U.S. Uh, I'm, I'm more I'm more in love with the player development side. Um, I'm more in love with um, just um, helping players learn how to play the game the right way and understand the game the right way. So um, I know in college basketball that's not a specific thing. Um, so my ultimate goal and dream would be at the pro level, possibly at the NBA level, G League level, wherever, just working with um, – doing the player development side, help players get better. And that's a real dream you can have now because women are getting job opportunities in the G League and the NBA, where a couple of years ago you couldn't really say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Good for you. Opportunity at it. Another cool thing, a couple of years ago in 2013, you were inducted into the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. That, that must have been an Thank honor. You. It was a huge honor, and it, it was something that was expected but not expected that soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, what, 28 at the time? So I was, like, feeling like I was really young for it, but it was exciting because, you know, it just shows the level of appreciation, again, that the state of Ohio had for me um, as a basketball player and, and all of my achievements after I left the state of Ohio. So. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to experience that with my family and close friends, it was like, you know, it was like a dream come true, for real, for real. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Barbara, I've had a blast talking with you. I like to end the end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? All right. All right. I'm with it. All right. <laughs> so what is your favorite movie? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I got to pick one movie. You can pick a few. Throw a few out there. All right. So my favorite movie, my go-to, like when I really just want to watch a movie and I know I'm going to watch it straight through, I'll probably have to say is Love Jones. I'm okay. a huge Nia Long fan. And uh, so it's like like one of my go-tos. Um, and then I will probably have to say The Wood. The Wood is right up there. Because it has, it's like comedy, but it's, Drama at the same time, but it's funny. So I'll probably go with those two, The Wood or I Love Zone. That's my top two. Very cool. What is your favorite spot in Turkey? 
My favorite spot in Turkey? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's tough. Because if I don't say, that's tough. <laughs> I absolutely love Mersin because it's by the water. It's right by the Mediterranean Sea. And like, you know, I, my apartment, I literally will open the, the, fly the door open and look and I'm, the Mediterranean Sea is right there. That's amazing. When I play there. Yeah. So I would have to say Mersin. I probably also would have to say Istanbul because it's just, it's Istanbul is that nice. It gives you that New York City vibe because it's it's so big and there's so much traffic and so many people. But um, just the teams there and their fan bases, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's wild. So <laughs> I would have to say those two places if I had to pick two of all the places I've been. Okay, very cool. Last question. What's a hidden talent that you have? A hidden talent? I'm actually a very good cook. Nice. What's your go-to dish? Uh, if I had to pick one, I would say right now my best dish is probably fried fish. Ooh. Sounds Any good. Type of fried. I would probably say, yeah, I would probably say my best dish right now is fried fish. But prior to that, when I was, I don't eat chicken anymore. So prior to that, when I was eating chicken, of course it was fried chicken. Like I even gave my chicken a name, BFC Barb's Fried Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, I would say I can cook. Very cool. Barb, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had had a great time talking with you. I'm so happy to hear about your career and that it's still going. As I told you before we started recording from the Northeast, I, I followed your career and uh, I'm a big fan of yours. It was an honor to talk to you. Oh, thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me too. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Barbara Turner. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really great to hear about her success at UConn and how it wasn't always easy. I think it's awesome too, that she's still playing professional basketball today. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.